So Money episode 41, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone, weekend edition. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi, your host. This is Saturday, and we're going to look at some of your questions that have been streaming through all week and also some of your comments. And before we get to all of that, just want to kick off this episode by reading a review on iTunes left by Sunny Moose. Sunny Moose, if you're out there, thank you for this review. She says, I have listened to this podcast every day since it launched, and I love it. Like Farnoosh, I'm a new mom with a busy career, so I'm always looking for ways to optimize my time and my life. I typically listen to the podcast during my commute or while I'm working out. The interviews are always interesting and inspiring, and I already think that my life is, quote, richer now that I've added so money to my daily routine. Well, Sunny Moose, gosh, love the nickname. Thank you. Thank you so much. And for that, I would love to gift you a 15-minute Skype phone call with me so we can talk about whatever you want to talk about, money, being a new mom, time management strategies. I mean, we're all figuring it out, right? But I'd love to, even if just for 15 minutes, um, be helpful to you. So get in touch. Let me know when's a good time and we'll make it happen. And by the way, folks, I'll be doing this every single week. So to encourage you to leave your feedback, as many of you have reached out and said, you know, I want to help with the podcast. I want to support you. What can I do? And truthfully, the best way is to hop onto iTunes and leave a review so that you might inspire others to subscribe and listen to the show. And in return, I've decided that every week I'm going to select one review, read it out loud here on the podcast on Saturdays on Ask Farnoosh, and invite that reviewer to join me in a 15-minute money blitz on Skype where we'll talk about your biggest money question or your biggest career question or your biggest life question, I will be at your service. So thank you so much, Sunny Moose. And so let's get back to business. Let's talk about what you want to talk about, all the questions that have come in this week, lots and lots of them. Let's start with Tyson. Tyson says, let's say you have $10,000 and also you have $10,000 in student loans at around a 4 to 5% interest rate. Let's say you've got steady income and savings. Should you pay off the loans or invest the $10,000, say, in an index fund for the next 10 years? Consider the tax write-off on interest for that student loan, as well as the compound growth that I could earn on the index fund. Tyson, smart question. It's sort of a toss-up, although I think historically, if you look at performance, uh, wise, you know, although past performance is not an indication of future performance, but I think that a four to five percent interest rate on a student loan is pretty modest, and the potential to earn more than four or five percent on an index fund over ten years and perhaps longer. I think is greater. And so I would say that if you've already got savings, if you've got steady income, and you have these student loans under wraps, and it's a $10,000 balance, which in the grand scheme of student loans currently in this country, that is 
not bad. Um, that's nominal compared to what a lot of people are carrying these days when it comes to student loans. Sounds like you're in good financial shape. If you've got extra money to invest, I would explore that. And rather than kind of throwing darts at the stock market, I like your strategy of choosing index funds, something that follows the market that is low fee, very good. So if I had the $10,000, I would open up either an, a Roth IRA or an individual retirement account, or I would take that $10,000 and put it towards my work 401k and choose an index fund to put that in and have it grow for however years until retirement. I think in that case, you're going to see the biggest bang for your buck. Okay, Tyson, good luck to you. Shaniqua writes in, she says, I earn $43,000 a year. I have $40,000 in student loan debt. $10,000 in credit card debt at about 20% interest rate. We have a $24,000 car loan at just under a percent interest rate. I'm used to being able to pay things off quickly, but my husband lost his job and he's returning to school. I cannot breathe. <laughs> What's the best way to tackle this? All right, Shaniqua, breathe. Take a few breaths. First thing I would do, that credit card, 20% interest rate, really nasty. There are a lot of other credit cards out there, maybe a credit card with a 0% APR for the first 12 or 18 months. Get one of those cards and transfer that balance. If you go head over to nerdwallet.com and you look specifically for 0% APR transfer balance cards, you'll find some good ones. At least that will afford you the opportunity to not have to pay interest while your husband is out of work and while you guys are trying to kind of shuffle your finances around. Now your husband's going back to school. I hope that's a smart decision. I don't know anything about his choice to go back to school. I don't know if this is something that he's doing as a knee-jerk reaction to losing his job. I hope not. I hope that this was actually a thoughtful decision and that you guys won't be you know, burying yourself in student loan debt as a result of this. Um, just something to keep in mind. Um, you know, you really gotta think about the trade-offs there. But regardless, I would say that as a student now, he probably has some free time. He should be working as well. Not full-time, maybe not part-time, but side gigs. Think side gigs. What can he do during the week to bring home a couple hundred bucks? And these days with the internet and sites like TaskRabbit and Odesk and Care.com and Tutor.com and the list goes on, you should be able to find you know eight to 10 hours of work a week in your spare time and bring home some good change. And that money should help you better pay for whatever you have outstanding, whether it's those student loans, the car loan, which I'm sure you both share, that car that you both share. So, you know, get him to have some income, even though he's in school, he should be contributing if he can, especially if you guys need the money. So first things first, transfer that balance over to a 0% APR and get rid of that interest rate, that ugly interest rate, and make payments, but at least you don't have to worry about a 20% APR. And have your husband bring in some extra income while he is in school. It's gonna be a little difficult, but it's what you'll need to do as a family to get over this hump and breathe. Don't forget to breathe, okay? Thanks for your question. The Dan Curry. I think I know you, Dan Curry. I think I went to college with you, and I think you're being a little a little smart with me, but I'll, I'll, I'll read your question out loud anyway, okay? He says, what's the best thing 35 has to offer? I think you're 35 too, right, Dan? Well, I'll tell you, as a new 35-year-old, life is good. I have to say I'm very lucky. I'm very fortunate. I have my health. I have my family. I have this podcast. I have you guys. And 
what's really exciting too is that I feel like I'm on the verge of something even bigger now that I've discovered this podcast, you know, and I've been able to connect with you guys in a consistent, really rich way daily. Life feels abundant and um, I'm excited to, you know, see what 2015 and beyond has to offer and I look forward to working even harder and smarter. So thank you very much for that question, Dan. You kind of made um, me feel very optimistic about 35 and you should too. It's a good age. Edwin says, thank you, Miss Farnoosh. I'm listening to your podcast every day and I'm learning and growing in the knowledge of money. For sure, I'm planning to hire a financial planner. I sent a review and I hope it went through. By the way, happy birthday. Mine is tomorrow, the 17th. I'm going to be 20 years older than you. What? Well, Edwin, thank you. And I'm sorry that I'm reading this now. I uh, I suppose you emailed this to me a few days ago. Happy birthday to you. And uh, let me know what 55 is like. I'm always curious to hear from older people, more mature people, about what it was like when. And so what was it like when you were 35? I'm curious. Write in. And thank you for your review. That's very generous. I really appreciate you and Wishing you another blessed year. Thanks, Edwin. Kyra says, hey, Farnoosh, would you mind sharing specific examples of how you were so money while wedding planning? How did you choose where your dollar bills went and where you saved the most cash? Wow, Kara. First things first, my husband and I decided that we were going to pay for our wedding ourselves. It was a big undertaking, but... I think that being that we were in our 30s, we felt that we were, you know, if, if we were going to get married and we wanted things our way, that we were going to do our best to pay for everything ourselves. And if our family wanted to contribute, that would be great, but we weren't going to ask for money. And so we, we, I think what really helped us is that we took time to plan and pay for our wedding. We didn't have a rushed wedding we really started planning it out a year and a half, two years before the wedding date, which allowed us to really do good research, get lots and lots of recommendations, and save as we were paying for things. So we put everything on a credit card, and I got tons and tons and tons of points, which helped me like buy a laptop after the wedding was all said and done. But I would say try not to get into debt. You know, We put it on a credit card to be strategic so that we could – use the points, but we were paying for things as we were going through, you know, the steps. We decided on three things that were really important to us that we were going to splurge on and everything else was going to be less significant and we were going to spend a lot less money on. So we identified food, music, and the honeymoon as our three big areas that we wanted to splurge on. When you're planning a wedding, it can be really overwhelming. The industry can encourage you to spend a lot of money. I mean, they're, they're going to really play to your emotions. They're going to say, it's your most important day. You really should go for the, you know, high-priced flowers. You really should, you know, go for the better wine. You really should go for a bigger crowd and blah, blah, blah. But the first step, I would say, is to think about the day after the wedding. 
the year after the wedding, the 10 years after the wedding. What are the things from your wedding that you want to remember? For us, it was, we want to remember the music. We want to remember the atmosphere. We want to remember the catering, you know, the the wine, the food, because we're big foodies. So less we cared about flowers, less we cared about my dress even. I didn't spend a lot of money on my dress. I actually negotiated my dress. I asked for a discount at Kleinfeld's. Ladies and ladies, you know what Kleinfeld's is, right? It's a nice, elegant store, a set of say yes to the dress. So I'm in there with my mom and my girlfriends. I found the dress that I wanted. I actually had a very low budget. I went in there. I was like, I only want to spend, you know, I want to spend less than $2,500. And they looked at me like, okay. You know, because everything there is like five grand and up. And there are lots of brides that are willing to spend, drop like 20 grand, eight grand, 15 grand. I was like, I like to spend $2,500 tops and I want a discount. And you know what? I got it because I asked. And I was really dead set on this dress. And they were like, okay, fine. Here's, they gave me 12.5% off, which was a few hundred dollars. I was thrilled. And I'm actually thinking about selling it now. I did a segment on the Today Show. I talked about how you can actually sell your dress. Anyway. I digress. So think about what's important to you, not just on your wedding day, but when you reflect on your wedding, what's going to be important to you. And then every single vendor that you talk to, that you're serious about working with, ask for a discount. Everything is negotiable in this industry, okay? So I was just talking to a girlfriend the other day. She got married very quickly after her engagement. Her wedding was going to be on a Saturday in October. And six weeks before that, she's looking for a photographer. And the photographer quoted her like $10,000. And she said, well, how about $800? Because it's already six weeks until that date. And the likelihood that you're going to book some other bride at this point is zilch. So now you have me and I can pay you $800. And guess what? He said, okay. So, So be aggressive and tell them what your budget is. Otherwise, they're going to overcharge you. And think about when you want to have the wedding and where you want to have the wedding. Those are big differentials in price. So if you have your wedding on a Friday versus Saturday, a lot cheaper. If you, let's say, have it in the summertime versus the wintertime, summertime is really expensive. June is the hottest time to get married, not just weather-wise, but also, you know, for weddings. That's what I would say. And remember, too, that in the run-up to your wedding, there are all these other costs that we often forget about. There's the bachelorette party. There's the you know, the shower, there's the gifts that you're going to get for your bridesmaids, perhaps. There's uh, just all these different things, you know, the spa day, they're getting your nails done, your hair. And so make sure that you really itemize everything. Talk to other brides who've gotten married. I literally had friends who had spreadsheeted everything out and they sent those to me. And I was like, whoa, that's intense. But I really appreciated it. So, you know, reach out to your fellow friends and brides who've been there or done that to give you their I wish I had done this instead so that you can take advantage of that. So congratulations on your engagement. Keep us posted. If you've got more questions, send me more questions. I'm, I'm here for you. And I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing your name correctly. I apologize because I know with someone who has a very unique name, it happens to me too. So Samian, S-A-M-E-A-N or Samin asks, should I pay off debt first before investing or should I invest and make more and use the profits to pay off the debt? I think debt should be your priority, truthfully. I think that um, investing is very risky. It doesn't sound like you're talking about investing in a retirement account. It sounds like you want to invest um, f- you know, straight up stock market, portfolio, brokerage account. And and the truth is you may not make money and the profit that you will make will have to be you know, taxed. And so I would say 
just before you dive into something risky like that, take care of your debt. Once the debt is out of the picture, then we can talk being aggressive in other ways. But until the debt is taken care of, you really should not be focused on taking on additional risks with your money. Good question. I know it's tempting. We see the, like, we, the market recently had a you know, record, record day, record close. So you see that and you're like, oh my gosh, I should put my money in the stock market. And you can be an active investor in the stock market through things like index funds, IRAs, 401ks. If that's the kind of investing you're interested in, I think that's different. But if you've got a lot of debt, that needs to be the priority. Great question. And Jim, last comment here, happy 35th birthday and congrats on your 35th podcast. Well, actually this is 41 now, but I I sense you sent this in a few days ago. Thank you, Jim. I've enjoyed your content since Financially Fit. Oh my gosh, Jim. You're a saint. You've been with me since the Yahoo days. Wow. And he says, I've been following so many since the first week. Keep up the good work. I'll be leaving a review on iTunes next. Well, Jim, let me know when you do leave the review, and I will add you to the contest for next week's drawing of my 15-minute free money blitz. Thanks, everyone, for sending me your questions and your thoughts and your ideas. And make sure to keep your questions coming. Just hop on to somoneypodcast.com, click on Ask Farnoosh, and ask away. I try to answer every single question every weekend. And if I miss it, let me know. It has happened occasionally. Uh, But I really am devoted to engaging with you on the weekends. So take advantage of that. It's really simple to do. And as I said, leave a review on iTunes. Let me know. Email me, farnoosh at somoneypodcast.com. And let me know, and I will enter you in our weekly drawing for a 15-minute money session on Skype. Thanks so much, everyone. Hope you have a great weekend, and I hope your day is so money. <laughs>